Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. We've got a great episode for you today. Paul Gussif, my real estate mentor in Southern California, is going to join us talking perspectives from the past and some thoughts about what's going on today. Welcome to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. Uh, we are recording, as we always do, in the beautiful and spectacular Rogue Media Network studios, high atop the Alico building in downtown Waco, Texas. And if you've ever seen an ad for Fixer Upper or any of the Waco shows, you'll know the building I'm talking about. It's just a historic landmark in Waco. And I've got a great view. I'm overlooking uh, the silos and also my my beloved Baylor University. So it's a beautiful place to be. And listen, uh, my name is Mike Nelson. I am the CEO and owner of Efficient Lending Incorporated, a re uh, mortgage brokerage uh, licensed in Colorado, Florida, and the great state of Texas. And we have got another great episode today uh, on our perspectives from the past, which is our first series. And it's a series that I'm really excited about. Um, you know, I just sitting around working, trying to grow my mortgage business, I've always thinking about what we can do to grow and build. And then you start looking at social media and you just get overrun with all the how to ads and 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 things of that nature. And I just got tired of it. And so I said, I, I want to do something else. I want to tell the stories of real estate and what makes this industry so great. And, you know, what's going on with the people behind the scenes, the, the professionals that are that are really working in this industry. And so my first series is, is kind of collecting a group of people that have been doing this for a while. And uh, I am excited about our guest today. It's Paul Gussif, a uh, highly successful agent in Southern California. And uh, I'm gonna let Paul uh, uh, kind of introduce himself here and tell y'all how we met, because it's a good story. Uh, but before I do that, Paul, I gotta wish you a happy birthday. You do anything fun on Monday? Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, yes, I am really looking forward to going out to Palm Springs and playing golf. So <laughs> that is going to be my birthday, and I can't wait. Yeah, and I, I want everybody to know that uh, when Paul agreed to come in today, he said, Mike, we got to be done at a certain time. It's the middle of September. He said, we got to be done at a certain time because i got a golf lesson. So, so, <laughs> so we got to get priorities. Yeah, priorities, yeah. So for everybody to know, Paul is my real estate mentor. Um, yeah, I have talked real estate with Paul for probably, well, Paul, how long have you been doing this and how did we meet? Well, uh, I have been doing this for 36 years, <laughs> almost 37 years, uh, which officially makes me an old timer. Um, and uh, yeah, it's hard to believe it's, it's been a long time. Uh, and we met because uh, our family has a good fortune of having you marry my sister, Sonia. Yes. And 
so you have been part of our family now for quite a while, and and you are uh, you are a brother to me, um, um, and we're just uh, yeah grateful that you have been part of the family all these years. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and, and obviously it's an honor to be part of the family. So, uh, so you've been doing it thirty seven years, and of course the series is called Perspectives of the Past. Clearly, I have an agenda here. I, th- I think I think perspectives from the past will will help guide us well in this time. But let me guess, I'm going to venture to say, if, if I said the word Thomas guide, the vast majority of people who are ever hear this podcast have no idea what I'm talking about. But if I say Thomas guide to you, what does that mean? So when you say Thomas guide to me, I immediately get anxious because <laughs> I remember taking clients out to show homes with a Thomas guide in my lap and desperately trying not to get lost, which is really embarrassing when you're a realtor showing homes. And um, yeah, so when GPS came into my life, that is um, in my world, maybe the greatest invention of all time because it took the Thomas guide off my lap, which I will be forever grateful for. Yes. So that is definitely was a big <laughs> part of my life. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so to clarify for people who have no clue what a timeless guide, it, it's this book of kind of eight and a half by 11 sheets. So Paul's a realtor in Southern California. So he's got this map this directory of all the streets in Southern California. And so, uh, so you started in a time, Paul, in which, uh, how much effort did it take for you to map out showing five or six homes to, uh, on a Saturday to a, to a client? Oh yeah. So it would be, uh, depending on, you know, if you were showing property in a, in a wide variety of places, you would, um, sometimes have to make copies of the different hot Thomas guide pages, which again meant having them strewn all over the front, um, the front, uh, uh, driving side of the car and, and with red lines showing you where to go first and, yellow markers highlighting different addresses. So I still actually have that Thomas guy <laughs> under my desk as a reminder of where I've come from. So, so and I can't get rid of it. I cannot throw it away. I just, I just love it. I was, when I was thinking about chatting with you on this podcast, I was like, Oh, I got to start with Thomas guide. Cause I guess that dates, yeah. I, that clearly dates both of us. But so, um, now- well, the other, the other thing I, I tell people, uh, I tell my, um, millennial clients, especially, um, is when I started in the business, we didn't have computers. Yep. So, um, and we barely had cell phones. We had these large contraptions, they called phones, um, <clears throat> which typically were part of the car. Um, and so it was a, it was a different world. Um, it's hard to imagine doing this without computers. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what real estate looked like. So, so back how did, when I start. So walk me through that. So clearly, you were not sending MLS listings through a link uh, to to your customers. So so how would your clients get an idea of listing of homes? Were were you having to scour the the listings and then call and kind of walk through listings on the phone? What, what did that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, our only access to what was listed was a book. 
that had a description of the listing. It had one picture of the house, which was obviously the front of the house, black and white picture. And that book came out every month with updates that came out, <laughs> I believe, maybe every week. Um, and so that, that was our only way to know if a house was listed. And so our clients were 100% re- relying on us to, to get that information to them because, again, there's no Internet at this time. Right. So unless they're just driving around, noticing a sign or an open house, uh, there's just no information out there, especially up-to-date information. So, um, and we can talk about how that worked, but it was, you had to really rely on the communication mm-hmm. between your agent and yourself and agents with other agents so they could find out information and, and know that something went on the market today because um, otherwise you, you had no way of knowing. Yeah, interesting. So now obviously we have information literally. I mean, you, you understand the spread of technology right now. Do you think clients' needs were better understood with the tech, are, are better understood with the technology of today or when you really had to sit down face-to-face and communicate and understand what your, what your buyer needed or your seller for that matter? Oh, I, I really believe there was better communication back then because it was a necessity. I, I think as realtors, it's easy to get lazy now because clients are finding out the information usually even before you get on your computer and lock into the multiple listing service, which is the realtor's way of advertising their listings. So clients are usually letting you know they found this house and want to find out what you think about it and maybe, you know, set up an appointment. So uh, communication was much better. You had to be really good at communicating and realtors had to be really good at communicating with each other. So you had to network better that's why we relied on caravans, which introduced listings to other realtors. Um, you had to get on the phone. You had to talk to a realtor and say, hey, do you, have, do you have something coming up in this particular city, in this particular price range? Um, and, and they would have to connect with you as well. And realtors knew each other better. There was a, there was a better sense of working together amongst realtors. Um, and and those communication skills have carried forward for me through my career, and I think have given me an advantage over younger agents who never had to develop those skills to the same extent. And um, it it comes out it comes in play in various forms. But when I'm communicating with other agents like I'm trying to get an offer accepted, um, immediately I'm at an advantage because I know how to connect with agents. Mm. Whereas not a, not um, many agents have developed that skill um, as well, only because they didn't have to. It's yeah. just they, they relied on the information being given to them without having to really develop the skill of how to get that information or, you know, connecting that information effectively with the client. So that, that's been something that's really helped me throughout my career. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because uh, I, I was talking to our mutual friend, Tom Bonetto. He, Tom, for our listeners, is, a, is a, a lender in Arizona and California. 
and he and I were chuckling as a couple months ago. He was trying to connect with a with a real estate agent on a deal he's working on. And he was calling the agent and he got a text back from the agent that says, I don't do verbal text me only. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a great example. Yeah. That is, that's a critical mistake. Yeah. That really is. And, 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 you know, that's kind of the world we live in, but that will work against you in so many ways. Um, If, if you, this, this business isn't, well, it's complicated, but it isn't. You, 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 if you're good at communicating, um, other people in the business will sense that, appreciate that, and respond to it. And I, I tell, um, I tell my clients when when I'm presenting an offer for them, and I get first of all, it's important that I call the other agent, yeah, rather than just send the offer. And I know when I call the other agent, I have two to three minutes to make a good impression. And if I don't make a good impression, they're they're trying to decide between ten to fifteen offers. Right. If I don't make a good impression, I may not even get a counter back. So, so it's really critical in in that kind of environment. You, you just got to take the time to communicate. It's you just you got to get on the phone. It's uh, I I know uh, this generation is a generation that likes to text and email, but you've got to get on the phone too. It, it's just critical, especially when you're trying to get offers accepted or as a listing agent, if you're trying to get a sense of the agents that are presenting offers, you know, are, are they going to be someone you want to work with? Yeah. You know, you need, you even need to talk to their lenders, make sure, is this a lender that when I call them, if there's an issue, they're going to, they're going to respond. They're going to get on the phone and they know what they're doing. And, there's only one way to do that, and that is to get on the phone and talk to people. And that's that's the biggest skill that's lacking currently, you know, amongst uh, amongst realtors. Yeah, well, it's on the lending side too. I mean, it's part of our industry. Um, so interesting. So I remember this is years ago, obviously way before I was in this industry. Um, we were when the internet did come about, and I remember it was a dinner at, at your folks' house. And the big headlines in the real estate industry is real estate agents are going to be or go away. They will be non-existent because you can buy a home on the internet. And that's right. And I remember you looking at me across the table saying, Mike, real estate agents will always be around. And you, yeah. obviously you're right. Um, beyond the communication, do you have any other, th- I don't know, you, I'm sure you don't remember that conversation, but I do. But do you have any other thoughts on kind of why you're having, because here's the thing, Paul. You know, I see on social media, Instagram, YouTube channels, everywhere, all the social media posts of real estate agents with all the awards they've won uh, and, you know, the great looking media and social media. Now, you don't do a lot of social media at all. And candidly, I would say if we're comparing agents on social media output, you would be pretty low. But you're one of the few yep. agents that is actually busy, busy and thriving in what is a brutal market right now. It's brutal. Yeah. So, yeah. so talk to me about that a little bit. I'm interested to, to know kind of to, to the degree you want to share. It. What's the secret sauce? What are you doing that people aren't? Right. Well, and I don't want to dismiss social media. Uh, social media is a very useful tool and can be a very useful tool if used properly. Um, and it's a tool that um, 
uh, I do use periodically, but it's not a tool that I rely on because at the end of the day, if a realtor has a website, um, for the most part, no one's going to your website. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, uh, you know, when I say no one, I mean, when buyers are looking for agents, they're not, well, I'm going to look at 10 websites and then pick an agent. Yeah. But that's just not happening. Um, um, clients are looking for realtors, usually based on referrals, yeah. um, first and foremost, or they come across you at an open house or they call on a sign that you may have on a listing. And, um, and it's that just that interaction that you're having with those clients once, once they call you where it really determines whether you're going to be working with them or not. And so for the, what I found was the agents that are really heavy into social media, not all of them, but, but uh, a lot of them, especially agents trying to build their business, is they're spending so much time on the social media that they're not really uh, fostering, you know, personal relationships and, um, and, and really, um, interacting with people in their community that ultimately are going to be the ones that are bringing them business. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, <clears throat> yesterday I met with a past client, uh, just happened to have a listing in their same neighborhood. I called them up and said, Hey, do you, do you have time to catch up? They said, great. We'll be here this afternoon. Come on over. I, I came over. I spent probably two hours with them just talking and talking about family um, actually talking very little bit about real estate, just mostly about family yeah. and the people that we know. And, and that will accomplish way more for me ultimately from a real estate standpoint down the road than, than any social media post I happened to do that day. So, yeah. um, and so I, you know, I work really hard at customer service. I work really hard, you know, connecting with past clients. Um, and, and, and it's, again, it's not, it's not complicated. If, if you stay in touch with your past clients, and unfortunately I've been doing this so long, I have a lot of past clients. If you stay in touch with them and foster those relationships and you just touch base with them every once in a while on a personal level, they will always come, they, they will almost always come back to you. Yep. And, and, uh, you know, I'm selling houses to my clients' kids now because of those relationships. And, uh, and again, that just tells you how long I've been doing this. So um, that's really, I think, the part of the business that sometimes, again, we become lazy with only because we're relying on social media to do all that work. And again, social media can be a great tool, but ultimately it's, it's really just connecting with people and, and again, I, I say this all the time, getting on the phone, talking to people. Yeah. And that, that is way better ultimately than, than a post on Facebook that you might do about a house you sold. Yeah. So sw switching gears here a little bit. Um, right now, I, 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 I get a sense in this marketplace, there's a heaviness, there's this kind of this desperation, things are horrible. Um, and, and from younger buyers and clients that I'm working with, 
I get this sense that people are feeling like we've never been in these waters before. They're uncharted. Um, and then, you know, which I, I don't believe, by the way. But but then I talked to somebody and you've said you've done this 36 years, I think 35 years. So that would mean that you have been a successful agent through 19, interest rates at 19 percent. Um, uh, or so in the end of, in the early eighties, you've been through the dot com bust and Y two K of two thousand. Uh, you, you thrived through two thousand eight in the financial crash that was caused by lenders and the government. And so, kind of, I would love to get your thoughts on the fact that do you think we're in uncharted waters and we've never been here before, or do you think? For a guy like you, you know how to navigate it. What 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 are kind of the experiences you had in the past compared to what you're living in today? Well, yeah, great great question. Um, I yeah, I've been to through two serious downturns. Um, ultimately, the the worst uh, period was the mortgage crisis that happened in late 2006 going into 2007 and um, th that's the worst I've ever seen. Um, the, the only time I felt like, wow, this, this, this is a really scary environment where I don't know if, you know, if I can sell a house that was uh, early 2007. Um, and um, so even with, challenging markets in 2008 and 2009, even going into 2010, um, was able to navigate that. Um, and not, not that it was easy, you know, it, it was sometimes scratching deals together. You know, we had a lot of short sales during that time period, which were difficult transactions. Yep. But what I, what I've noticed sometimes during those periods, um, a lot of realtors would would give up um, or just feel like, okay, well, I'm going to disengage a little bit, and then maybe when it picks up again, I'll come back. Those those are the those are the markets where you have to just work way harder because when you get to the back end of those markets, you usually come out much stronger, <clears throat> and almost always you'll see an increase in business when the market does turn on the back end of those markets. Um, and when I say increase the business, increase the business from what you were doing before the downturn started. Yeah. So, so those markets can be scary, but, um, but what's encouraging is if, if you really work hard and, and maybe evaluate how you're doing your business, maybe change a few things, um, Ultimately, a lot of times you'll 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 come out better on the other end, and that you know I saw that with COVID too. With um, especially at the front end of COVID, there's a lot of realtors that disengaged completely because they just figured, okay, I'm going to stay home, and you know we just have to wait until this this ends somehow. Well, I, I realized early on in COVID that this was a tremendous opportunity because the millennials started engaging in real estate and we saw this flood of new buyers that entered the market. So if you had listings, if you were able to get listings during that time, it was, it was crazy. And you know, you were selling 
homes within three to five days with 20 to 30 offers. So, um, and no one could have anticipated that, but it ended up being a great time for realtors if you worked at it. So I I think that's, that's the lesson is just, um, you just have to get through those downtimes. And, you know, I've been doing this 36, almost 37 years. There's only been in my lifetime or my lifetime in real estate, there's only been two significant downturns. Um, Otherwise, for the most part, the market is usually going up, even with higher rates. Uh, You know, today's market, we have much higher rates than we had a year and a half ago, a year ago. Um, But it's still a relatively stable market. And so, um, so when you say you've been through two downturns, you're not including what you're living in right now as one of those two downturns. That, no, I, yeah. I, I'm not including that only because um, the market is much, it's a much more stable market than we saw yeah. in 2007 through yep. 2011. Yep. So it, it's a, it's a stable market. It's a low volume market, but, but it's not a market where we're seeing a downturn, you know, steep downturn on pricing where you're seeing short sales, foreclosures, that kind of thing. Um, so, so, now, so I want to jump into that for a second, Paul, because that brings up a really good point. One of my frustrations in, in, in my business is that I'm because rates are, you know, they're in the sevens, whatever they're at right now. And I, I'm trying to discuss and talk to buyers about the opportunities that exist in a high rate market, because what people aren't understanding is rates are coming down. And it, while interest rates will come down, the cost of a home is going to go up because of all this pent up demand. And, and people will start entering the market. So and so one of the things that I struggle with is where do we find the balance between consuming what is mainstream media, which is generally inaccurate, and finding good information? So how do we get, in your experience, just in these last 36 years, what do you do to get good information and what do you advise your clients on where to get good market information? Is it solely from an agent, from a good lender, or, or you know, do you say exactly? Different yeah, that's new, it. What, what's your approach there? Yeah, yeah, that's it. it. You, I think you have to go to the street because the information you're getting from the government usually is lag information. So it's information that's being processed, you know, two three months ago. Um, and normally, it's giving you a picture of what happened you know, a few months ago. So the best way to get good information is, you know, to talk to people who are out there doing the business on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, that's why I go to you for, you know, what's what's happening in the mortgage market. Um, what do you think is going to be happening? Um, because I know you're doing the research, um, you know, and for my clients, like the questions I get asked all the time, what do you think the market's going to do? You know, what should I wait to buy a house? Should I buy something now? So I have to be able to, based on my experience, give them good advice um, as to, you know, what's the best options for them, you know, right now. Um, You simply just can't get that looking at government data, Um, at least not for what's happening right now, because that's that data is, is continually being processed based upon what's having happening a few months ago. So now, honestly, the, the one thing I've also learned is it is so hard to predict 
what markets are going to do um, in the immediate future. I, I remember when COVID started, um, you know, I was, I was telling my clients that were thinking of selling, this is something you need to think about doing right away because I could see this market getting really ugly. And, and, and I was wrong. I was completely wrong about that because the market ended up taking off um, for other factors that nobody really thought about or calculated into the current environment. And that was people who were living in small apartments or renting all of a sudden had to work from home and needed more space. And so they made buying a house a priority, whereas before they, they hadn't. And so that changed everything that, that changed uh, the market completely. So, so in conjunction with, you know, what you were saying about, you know, more space, people need to move up. The government was taking an absolutely ridiculous monetary policy of putting the, uh, the overnight rate at zero. And I remember this, you and I were talking about it and I was saying, Paul, the day is going to come when we're going to have huge inflation and rates are going to be through the roof and it's going to be really hard. Yeah. You and I, were, oh, yeah. you and I were like in agreement and the only two guys, everybody else was saying how great this is. And I'm saying, guys, you're not going to be happy sometime down the road. We're, we're sitting in it right now. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. We had several discussions like yeah. it's time to raise rates. And um, we saw it very clearly. But yeah. unfortunately, the government didn't. So. Um, they just went too long uh, with zero interest rates. So, yeah, absolutely, and um, and that's why we're sitting at the rates we are experiencing right now. So, so after thirty-seven years going through, you know, you've been through two downturns. We're in we're in a challenging one, which we may or may not call a downturn. Who knows? Um, it, it, it your kind of stage of doing this business. Do you stay up at night worrying about it? Because a lot of people are. Or do you just say, yeah, it's going to be hard. I'm going to, I'm going to grit my teeth and just get through it. But, but real estate's going to persevere like it always has. I mean, where, where do you sit? Are you losing sleep at night? Or what, what's, what's your life look like in terms of that? I am absolutely not losing sleep at night only because um, I have learned over the years that um, markets can change very quickly. Um, and usually when a market starts taking off, it, it, it almost seems like it's overnight. And I know that that's coming once we see rates come back, you know, down again. Um, in the meantime, I just do all the things that I always do and just am consistent with it. And fortunately, you know, I had, I had my best month ever last month. Now there's no reason for that. Um, well, because uh, this is a really be, low volume. There market. might be 37 years of experience that might yeah. have helped there, but yeah, uh, but okay. Yeah. So that's just, you know, a function of having done this a long time and having a lot of clients and then, but also just um, doing all the things I do well. Um, and what I do is maybe not the perfect um, model for everyone, but any realtor or mortgage lender for that matter has to find out what they do well and, and just do that a lot right now because in knowing that it may not even get results right away. Yeah. You know, this is, this isn't the type of market where you've got 
you know, a bunch of sales that are happening on a week to week basis. This is, this is a really tough market and there's a lot of good mortgage brokers, a lot of good realtors that are struggling. And so, uh, but you have to just keep doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, when we, when we have this discussion six months from now, hopefully entirely different discussion because I, you know, I found this during the mortgage crisis, um, again, that, you know, that 2007, 2008 and, um, that period where, you know, that, that was as tough as it gets, but the, the reality is people still need homes. And, and when the market is down for a extended period of time, that just means that when the, the time is right, you know, for growth, it just means it's going to take off even that much bigger and better because all those people that weren't able to buy homes for whatever reason, you know, job loss or, you know, in today's world interest rates, those people are still there. They're waiting. They're still there. Uh, Those sellers that are hanging on right now because of where interest rates are, you know, they're still need to, they still need to move at some time. So when, when the environment's right, that just means there's just going to be that much more business because you just can't suppress real estate for, for too, too long, because at some point it's got to happen. People have to make the moves they're going to make and, and buyers have to buy the houses they want to buy. So, um, this is, this is the point in time where you, you, you kind of have to just prepare for that. Hopefully next year where, it's a completely different market, and you know, I, I know as far as lenders are going, they can't wait for well, lend- rates to come down. Yeah, lenders are going out of business right now. I mean, yeah. So when when those rates finally do come down, if you can hang in there, then at that point, they're going to get all those calls. You know, I need to refinance my loan. So that, so that that brings up a pretty good distinction. So a few moments ago, you said in two thousand eight, it's as tough as it gets, and and I, I want to clarify. I think I know what you're saying there, but yeah, I'm gonna translate that a little bit for our listeners and you tell me if I'm wrong when you say it's as tough as you can get in 2008 if you had a a buyer who had a good job and a good down payment you couldn't close a deal because liquidity because financing credit was so tight you couldn't get a mortgage that is very different than what we're in right now because lenders are dying to find people who fulfill yeah. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac guidelines? You couldn't even get market liquidity to close to close deals in two thousand eight. Is that is that essentially correct? Yeah, that was definitely part of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of lenders that were going out of business, yeah. so a lot of lenders that were reorganizing. There, um, uh, the the other thing too, people forget that just how severe that recession was. That yeah. I mean, I I can remember sitting with families where the homeowner, whether it was the, the man or the woman was breaking down because for the first time in their life, they were facing losing everything, you know, successful business people and where they had absolutely no hope because everything that they worked their whole life for was disappearing. And so we're just, we're not seeing that right now to the same extent, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a much more stable environment than it was back then. Um, So 
I mean, that's the good news that, you know, it's obviously, it's not an easy environment to navigate right now, but it's mostly because of volume, you know, it's just not enough volume for, for, um, for the workers in this, in these industries. But back then it was a much more difficult situation to navigate because you have people trying to sell homes that had no, no equity. Right. That's what I'm saying. And prices, yeah. yeah, and prices were coming down every month. I mean, it's just like from week to week, you could you could see the you know the the prices crashing, and that's um, that that was so that was the perfect storm of a real estate market gone bad. <laughs> you know that 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 was a lot of factors coming together, and and that's that's the worst I've ever experienced. So um, so this market. Comparatively speaking, it's a much more stable market, which is good because it means um, there's probably, uh, you know, better tools or, or it's going to be easier to navigate and, and, and find growth than it was back then. Right. right? So, often lost. Yeah. So what people don't understand when you're saying it's a stable market back in 2008, the demand for homes uh, was far underneath the supply. It was overbuilt. There just was not even nearly enough uh, demand for the supply of homes in the marketplace. As we sit here today, we're running at about a 1.5 million unit deficit annually, meaning we're forming yeah. 1.5 million home, more homes than are being built. So our demand is vastly outstripping the supply of homes. And yes, that gives us a stable market because it's going to set the table so that when we do come out of this, it's going to be better. But but we can't have it both ways. We can't have a stable market with the demand far um, underneath the supply, if that makes sense. You can't have it both ways. St st right. Stability right. means there's going to be some type of malaise potentially because it means that the demand is greater than the s supply. That's why it's stable. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it's definitely a supply problem right now. Um, you know, probably remain that way for several months, at least. Um, and it probably will remain that way until rates come down because right. there's a lot of sellers that are sitting on low mortgages that just aren't going to move until the rates get closer to what they have currently. So, so I, I, I see the market staying stable. Um, the market may even soften a bit. I wouldn't be surprised because there's a lot of anxiety out there. Yep. Um, there's going to be job loss, um, probably more so than we've seen in a while, just because of what's happening with rates. So it, it could be a tough go for the next few months. But when rates do come down, you better get ready because it's going to go nuts again. And, and that's why I'm telling buyers right now, if, if you can find value and afford it, get in. This is not a bad time to buy property because if you're waiting for rates to go down, uh, you're going to see prices go up because there's just still too much demand for what the supply is, at least in the markets I work. So I, I'm seeing the inventory that I'm seeing right now is as low as I've ever seen it in 37 years. I've never seen inventory this slow. And, and so for, for the market to get to a point where you see a severe drop in prices, we would need much, much more inventory than we currently have. We just, right. um, 
Now, with rates being where they're at, doesn't mean that we're going to see prices go up right now. Uh, but uh, and we may even see prices again soften a little bit. But at some point, when rates go down, and they'll have to go down at some point, then you, yeah, hopefully you bought a house before that, and you can refinance. <laughs> because then, if you're trying to buy a house at that point, it's going to get really tough again, competitive. Well, Paul, I, I don't want to get in the way of your golf lesson. You have been incredibly <laughs> generous with your time. And, and it just occurred to me as I'm sitting here uh, chatting with you and we're recording this on the podcast is um, you and I must be the two most boring people on the world because what our listeners don't know is that pretty much was just every conversation we have every time we get together. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> that's uh that's our life at least you have a hobby you go play golf <laughs> well, listen anything else you want to add but man so appreciate you giving us your time today and uh and obviously we're going to have you back on the podcast sometime down the stream but uh thanks for your insight uh do you want to give a shout out of how people can get a hold of you or where you work or you don't have to but you can if you like just so if people want to chat with you and kind of uh, oh sure your yeah so go ahead get, get your information thank out. you brother for having me on today this was great fun um and yeah for anyone that's southern california market um i can be reached at 562-208-4887 and um yeah uh always there to help and I look forward to coming back sometime and talking real estate and mortgages. <laughs> All right, brother. Go hit them straight, and God bless you. God bless you, too. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And a big thank you, as always, to Rogue Media Network and their support of this podcast. They're so appreciated. My name is Mike Nelson. I'm the CEO of Efficient Lending Incorporated, a mortgage company located in Colorado, Texas, and Florida. You can reach us at YouTube at Efficient Lending or on Facebook at Efficient Lending. And of course, I always love a phone call at 720-419-3016. Email works as well at mike at efficientlending.net. Efficient Lending Incorporated, NMLS 1876539. And my individual NMLS number is 1314188. As always, thanks for listening to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And we look forward to connecting with you again on a future episode. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.